wouldn't be any surprise for anyone listening that I love journaling, but I do it in a couple of different ways. The first thing that I do every morning is do three pages of the morning pages. I never actually save it. It's incredibly powerful in terms of getting all the thoughts and all the anger and the sadness and the frustrations and the questions and all the things that goes around in our heads when we go through a challenging time. Welcome to Leading You. I'm your host, Julie Hyde, and in this space, we delve into the dynamic intersection of leadership and mindset. Join me as we uncover the essential tools and insights you need to sculpt your own success and lead a life you absolutely love. I'm so delighted to welcome my first guest for 2024, Christina Carlson. Christina is the founder of Dream Life and global Swedish design and stationery brand Kiki K and the author of your book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. And she's on a mission to inspire 101 million people to dream big and make their dreams happen. And that's what we're going to be talking about today to inspire you to make your dreams happen. So welcome, Christina. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. I am excited to be here. Yes, Happy New Year to you. It seems amazing that we're starting another new year and you are the perfect guest to kick us off for 2024. Oh, thank you. You started to manifest your dream at the age of 23. What was the starting point for you? Well, I moved from Sweden to Australia and uh, I was really lost. I had no idea what to do with my life. And uh, I just, I was whinging and complaining a lot. And I would ask anyone who would listen, what I'm going to do with my life. One morning at 3am, I woke up my partner, Paul, I think for the fifth time that night. And uh, I said to him, what am I going to do? And he was a bit over it because um you know, he couldn't sleep because I was constantly working out, trying to work out what I was going to do with my life. And for anyone who's listening and when you feel a bit lost, it's kind of you go into that kind of rut of I'm not really finding any solution. So at 3 a.m. he turned on the light and he said, why don't we write down what is important to you? And on that list I had that I wanted to drive to work every single day and loving it. And of course, there are days where even if we live our dream life, there are days where we don't feel like that. But majority of the time, I wanted to get excited to go to work and love what I was doing. And I think that's so important for anyone listening. What we do for work, if it's your own business or if it's working for someone else, or if you don't have to work and you you choose a charity, you really have to love it and you really have to do something you love, in my opinion. So that was number one. Number two, I wanted to have a business on my own. I had no experience in any of that and I didn't know what that was going to be. And I, I wasn't even sure if I was able to do that because because English was my second language and new country. I had no idea how anything was working in this new country. But that was on my list. I also had that I wanted to work with Swedish design because that's one of my passions, but I had no mm. background in that. I just knew that I loved that. And I also wanted uh, to have a connection with Sweden. My little brother had cancer at the time, so I had to go home a couple of times and I thought I really want to have the flexibility. If anything like that ever happened again, I want to be able to go home and be there. And and actually since then I've added another dream to actually have you know my life in both countries, which I made happen a few years ago. And that's an incredible dream because that was really important to me. And I actually 
I had no idea how I was able to do that, but I, I made that happen. And then the last one was to make $500 a week. And that was based on uh, paying rent, eating some good food, drinking some good wine and go to Sweden once or twice a year. That was my first dreams on paper. And for anyone listening and thinking they seem so simple, they were not simple for me. They felt impossible. And uh, now when we're in a new year, it's a perfect time to think about what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money and the opportunities to do whatever you wanted to do, what would that look like for you? Because that's really what happened to me at 3am that morning. And, and then that led to dreams that I could never even have imagined. So sometimes we just have to start where we are at. And for me, that was that list. And then Kiki K was born out of that list because I um, wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know what that was going to be. But I started with thinking, I'm going to set up a beautiful home office, the uh, Swedish design and interior and, and environment is really important to me. So I started with that and I just couldn't find anything. So depressed is not the right word, but I was like low and I'm thinking, this is so boring. And then I got really excited thinking, this is my opportunity to do something really exciting and, and out of that to make a very, long story short, Kiki K was born and we took that to a global brand. So it's really powerful. And I think especially this time of year to really think about what, what could our dream life look like if we could make it happen. Yes, I love that. And I mean, I think everyone knows of um, Kiki K and I certainly used to buy enormous amounts of that. So um, one of my favorite brands. And of course, that's, you know, now sort of transitioned to your dream life, which is so exciting. How did your transition from Kiki K into your dream life go for you? Was that something that was difficult? And how did you get through that? Yeah. Oh gosh, it was incredibly hard. When I started Kiki K, it was much more than a business for me. It was a family. It was like everything. It was my nickname. It was like everything. I never really saw it as a as something different from me. It was like a, just a big, lovely family. So just for everyone listening, I lost it over COVID. It wasn't just COVID. It was a few things. We had Brexit. So we were in five countries. We had stores, I think about 120 stores in, in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Hong Kong, and UK. And then we had Brexit in the UK. We have all the uncertainties in Hong Kong. We had bushfires in Australia. And retail is 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 tough as it is without all those things. But we had an opportunity. We were backed by a private equity and uh, they wanted to get out. And someone in China wanted to buy us. And like that was two years before COVID. So we were working on this deal for, for a couple of years. And uh, I felt like that was done. I was going to stay on and just be a smaller shareholder and really focus only on what, what I was good at, which was um, creating product, not running a big global business. That was never my strength. And I was really excited about that because I felt like we could really focusing on, you know, becoming a global brand and with that incredible uh, business behind us. And as COVID was happening, they pulled out because everyone was worried. And that meant that our private equity put us into administration. And as an entrepreneur, that's like really hard to accept because I was awake the last 24 hours trying to find a different solution.
organization because that's the last thing you want to make happen. You know, we worked for over 20 years and and uh, we had so many successes and, uh, you know, ups and downs like every business. <laughs> that's just the reality for all uh, businesses, regardless of what a brand you have. And uh, it was a really, really tough two years and it was tough for everyone because that was in the middle of COVID. Uh, the good thing is that we got picked up by a new business and I knew that would happen because we had a, such an amazing brand and a global brand and a globally loved brand. So um, we got picked up by uh, an American um, uh, investor that was done over Zoom, never met them, and it felt really felt like it was a good match. And because of the um, incredible challenging time here, especially here in Victoria, but Australia wide and globally as well, of course, but perhaps worse here than anywhere else, we were just shut so much and they lost faith in the government. So we we worked for another year to kind of get it back up and that, that was hard work and but we were really optimistic and excited and you know the the excitement of going into US was really exciting and we were already in US in some ways but not in the way that we could be and um, they lost faith and they put us into administration for the second time and that was horrific again and not because I just felt like it was out of my control I had nothing to do with that in terms of like making that decision and I did, made a really quick decision that I am not going to go whoever picks us up the next one I'm done I already started with uh, lots of side things in terms of I, I, I wrote my book during my Kiki K time called Your Dream Life Starts Here. I put that online to do courses. I now have a coaching group that I absolutely love. So I already kind of started building a side business on that anyway that was really based on my values and my passions and my new dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and go and chase them. But saying that, it was an easy decision, but it wasn't an easy um, time. So over those two years, years it was really sad I was angry all those emotions that I guess everyone can imagine when something like this happens and then dealing with the media and dealing with all the customers and our we had so many we had such a big team and it was just a really challenging time so how I overcome that are the things that I do in good times and in bad times in terms of um, how I do my self-care and it's something I guess me being interested in personal growth and personal development and always interested in evolving to the best next version of myself. I do these, when I say every day, of course, I'm human like everyone else. I miss certain days, but very rarely because it's really part of my life. So the first thing when when I feel really average or these are tips that are applicable for anyone going through a challenging time, obviously not everyone will go through such a public <laughs> administration as I did, but they, this is tools that I use when I feel down in any area of my life and the first thing that I do is I always go for a walk and it seems so simple a lot of people say well you know everyone can do that and that is the exact point like often when we're not feeling great just to take some perspective go get out in nature so I, I you know I live in, in a city but I always walk along the water like the bay here in Melbourne or 
I feel like I need nature. So you move and you get fresh air and you get a bit of a perspective. You just feel so much better. So during COVID I did, and when all this was happening, I walked for hours. I sometimes didn't come back feeling better, but I never came back feeling worse. And most of the time it just got me um, feeling great. And I think sometimes I worked for two, walked for two hours and I'm like, and I walk a lot. So, so for anyone who, who think that's crazy to walk for two hours, that was like really normal for me. You just do whatever is right for you when you start, but I just love walking. Sometimes for two hours, I just wouldn't feel any change and then something will shift in my thinking. Mm. So walking and being outside definitely Definitely. For the last 20 years or so, I've been doing meditation. And meditation, for anyone who feels that that's really difficult, sometimes it's just taking a few deep breaths and stop and kind of rewire um, is so helpful. So I, I kept meditating, even when often we don't feel like that, because when we are going through a difficult time, we don't want to have those thoughts going around our heads. But I find that if you stick with it and you're focusing on your breath, you kind of rewire that pattern that often goes goes around and around when we go through a challenging time. What would you do if you were confronted with a diagnosis that threatened your life? Would you continue to live as you are or would you make some big changes? That's what happened to me on the 6th of October in 2021. My life changed within a second forever. This moment was a catalyst for me to look deep within and assess if I was living a life I loved. I wasn't. I was tolerating too much of it. And now I've made big changes and I want to empower you with the choice to do the same. My second book, You Always Have a Choice, is now available and I share nine powerful strategies to let go of overwhelm and the relentless juggle and implement changes so you can lead a life you love. Head to youalwayshaveachoice.com.au to grab your copy. My number one tip outside of the walk, I think is number one, because I think that really, really shifts, but is journaling. So it wouldn't be any surprise for anyone listening that I love journaling, but I do it in in a couple of different ways. The first thing that I do every morning is do three pages of morning pages. It's based on a book called The Artist's Way, but you don't have to read the book to get benefit out of this very simple way of journaling. So I do three pages journaling in terms of whatever comes out of my mind. So I mix my languages. I speak a couple of different languages and I I never think about the spelling. You could probably never read it again. I never actually save it, but I just get everything out of my head. It's incredibly uh, powerful in terms of getting all the thoughts and all the anger and the sadness and the frustrations and the questions and all the things that goes around in our heads when we go through a challenging time. But what I do, so I don't keep that because I've been doing this for so long. And I think of all the questions that I got over the years in terms of work-life balance from journalists over the years, they always ask, how did you manage not to get burnt out? Because I worked a lot and I also had two young kids and I traveled a lot. And they always said, how did you manage not to get burnt out? And I always say journaling. And they're like, no, 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 we, we want the real stuff. And I'm like, no, that is the real stuff. Because I never kept things in my head. I always, always got it out every morning. And when I say every morning, I do miss some mornings, but very rarely because I actually feel a bit lost without it. 
But saying that, for anyone who's not going through a challenging time, I also do this in the good times. So this morning, I actually focused on gratitude because I just finished 30 days of a specific meditation. It's um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation. I decided to do that for 30 days. And so this morning, I just woke up thinking, I'm so grateful that I stuck with it because there were so many days where I could have easily just missed it. So I, I also journal about the good things. So I have a journal next to my morning pages because I get so many insights, so many ideas and so many thoughts that I actually want to keep. And I I keep that next to me. So all the things that are like thoughts that I don't really want to I want to read again or or there is a problem that I try to solve. I don't need that, but I do need the insights and uh, and the good stuff out of that. So so that's how I do journaling. Uh, so it's walking, meditation and journaling and I also feel like perspective was a big part of uh, managing this very difficult time. There's different opinions about perspective. So I just want to say that because some people say, well, that doesn't help me at the time. But it really did help me because I had a friend who passed away a couple of years before COVID in cancer. He was in retail as well. And he was part of my kind of inner circle of business mentors and business people that I often shared, you know, the um, the lessons and the challenges and things that we all have in business. And when he passed away, it was such a shock and such an awful time. And I put his photo on my vision board to always remember just to be grateful to be here. And during this very difficult time, I was thinking he would just be happy to deal with whatever I had to deal with just to be alive, to be with his kids and his grandkids, etc. So perspective really, really helped me. And it, it's it's one of those things where you might not feel that straight away because you just you were just so focused on yourself. But for me to see his photo, I just thought, gosh, you know, you know, I'm alive. And also I had, you know, I had my family still and I had, you know, some amazing friends. That's that was another thing. One of my best friends, I spoke to her every single day. You know, if you're lucky to have a friend that could actually to pick up the phone. And if you are, you know, lucky to also have a friend that needs you, it's also a beautiful thing to do. So I think those ones, I mean, I can go on and on with tools, but um, that was a very long answer to, to your question. No, I love that. And thank you for sharing the story about your friend. And I'm sorry to hear about that. And also about your brother. I think yeah, he's well now. That's really good. But you're right. Perspective is such a powerful thing. I'm so glad you mentioned about the journaling and burnout because burnout seems to be such a massive Mm. epidemic at the moment, particularly with women. I always rack my brain and think, why do women feel like they have to get to that point? It's like the journey to success. They have to experience burnout and then they can move forward. I I so disagree with that. So I love what you shared about that journaling, like just getting it out and then not looking at it again, but taking the insights with you. Yeah. So powerful. Well, it all was actually because moving your body is too. So (laughs) everything, meditation as well. And I find uh, meditation um, when I'm walking too, it's just incredibly powerful, just that just that breathing technique can really calm you down. Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes you feel alive. And and it's a practice like with everything else in life. When you're starting out, it's challenging because you have all these thoughts coming through. But as you start practicing every day, you get better at it. And uh, it's yeah. something I really look forward to. And and I guess me being, you know, I have, I have a very full life. I 
always make time for self-care. And I think that's why I never got burnt out because I I find exercise, I find meditation, journaling. Even I, I have a, a new one that I started when I say new, probably a couple of years, <laughs> but I recently uh, started with just sitting. So when the kids are out of the house, so I have like a couple of hours for me in the morning, but my kids are older, so that's uh, much easier now compared to when they were much smaller and needed me much more. But by the time I'm back, from my walk and so I do my meditation in the morning and then do my journaling and then I go for a walk or a run or 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 some kind of exercise and then I'm back about seven o'clock when the kids are up and then I I focus all about the kids getting the lunches all those kind of things helping them finding the things that they seem to misplace daily (laughs) even if I, I always say where is it not in its home? But anyway, and then my partner, he drives from school and I do the pickup. We just, just because I'm a morning person, I like to get on with work straight away. So when they leave the house and it just becomes really quiet, I take five minutes in silence and no phone, no journals, no books, which is kind of my thing. I love reading. I love listening to a podcast, but I just take five minutes in silence. I, I love coffee and it's just such a beautiful part of my five minutes Mm. and everyone's like five minutes just goes like that I said yeah but when you actually do nothing it feels like quite a long time and um, it's something I look forward to and I think sometimes we underestimate the power of the small things like the journaling the meditation the sometimes just a walk around the block can make a massive difference to your life but often when we are so wind up and so into our difficult times it's hard to kind of see through that but if you can have like a little list of all the small things that you can do when you go through a challenging time, I think you can snap out of it quicker and deal with it quicker. Christina, with this being the first episode of 2024 and we're in people's ears in yeah. early January, what would you like to leave as your final words with the listeners today? Gosh, I can speak for an hour just about this topic because I just love this time of year. I actually spend January planning out the whole year. So first for the listeners, I think it's really important that you take some time to work out what your dream life could look like. Here's a couple of tips on how to do that. It's not really about setting goals first. I love goal setting, but not not to start with, because often when we set goals or New Year's resolutions, we often look at where we are today and where we potentially could push ourselves to. So this could be a a promotion at work or a a higher turnover in our business. Or if you are into running, you maybe want to push yourself from 5k to 10k or half a marathon or something like that. And they are all great. But if you are on the wrong path already and you don't know that, that just gets you further into the wrong path. While I like to start with dreaming, and this is where you kind of remove your current life just for an hour or two and just imagine if you could start your life again and you could do anything. And And the way of getting that out of your head and hopefully from your heart, is to ask yourself, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money Mm. and the time and the resources and the knowledge and the skills to do whatever you want to do, and you might not have that. So, for example, when I did that a few years ago, similar around your timing, around 2018, I thought if I couldn't fail, I would start a podcast because English is my second language and I'm not used to interview other people. I'm used to being interviewed over all the years. I thought, I I, I can't do that. I don't know how to do it and self-doubt came up and all those kind of things and I did it anyway and now it's one of my favorite things to do and it's 
funny how you can come from feeling so doubtful, so fearful on something. And for some people think that's ridiculous, but everyone has something we feel self-doubt about. And that for me was podcast. And even, you know, starting my own business was the same in many years ago. But I, when I looked at that question, I thought I'd rather start another 10 businesses than start a podcast. But the whole point is that you write it down anyway. <laughs> and then you also ask yourself, because I know this is not the case for everyone to have all the energy, because a lot of people might feel still feel like exhausted after 2023 was a tough year for many, many people, not just uh, physically in terms of hard work, but psychologically with all the things that was happening in the world. So I think um, a lot of people might still feel exhausted and it's good to take some time out in January to really think about, you know, if you had all the health and the energy to do whatever you want, what would that look like for you? And then you start writing about that and thinking about that. And out of that, you choose three dreams, uh, ideas. You can choose as many as you like, but in my experience, focusing on three is a good number, but you choose that and then you you set goals out of that. And um, planning the year is just so fun. So in my coaching program, I actually do um, the whole, like I do five sessions in January focusing on planning the year because I feel like that is so important to, to look at the whole year. But then I actually plan every quarter as if it's, it is a mini year. And uh, that's been so powerful. And I've seen the changes mm. from the people in my coaching program when they shift that, because often we think, oh, we have a whole year. And then all of a sudden it's going to be end of 2024. And we'll be like, oh, I just didn't get it done. So if you focus every quarter, so you start with looking at the whole year and then you say, okay, Q1, what do I need to do to get to that, those top three? And then you look at the changes you made and some successes, some failures, that's part of everyone's journey. And then you read, look at Q2, and then you base it on that. And that means that you're always on the right path versus waiting to, for a year to, to end. And we often feel like when we get to the end of year, like we just didn't get it all done. And by doing this, I feel like that's much an easier, easier way of doing it. So for everyone listening, I think dreaming, then planning it out and also realizing that a year will go so quick and there's only one person that can make a difference in your life in terms of making your dreams and goals happen and that of course is you and um, it's something that we all know but it's really important to take that responsibility on and just knowing that regardless of what people believe about what you should be doing or or their opinion about what you want to do, it's in the end of the day. When you get to the end of your life, you will be the only person that could have made that change. So now is a perfect time to really think about what is important to you. And when I say dreaming big, it's individual. So whatever is right for each person it doesn't mean a global business doesn't have to mean a global business. It could be if you aspire for that, but it could also be about really focusing on on being more present basically living a life that is true to you. Yes, I love that, Christina. Perfect tips for this time of year and really any time of year. And I love that, you know, chunking down the the goal into the quarter. I think that's really powerful too. And it just makes it seem more achievable, just taking the smaller steps towards the um, bigger, you know, our bigger dreams. 
I want to thank you for being part of leading you and just for being such a powerful role model for people to, you know, really get insights from your mindset, your practices, you know, your beliefs and to really forge a dream life for themselves as well. Thank you so much for being a part of leading you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I wanted to add, actually, I have a free resource at the Dream List. So uh, for anyone who's listening and wants to get started, there is a free resource on the, the Dream Life store, or you can go to yourdreamlifestartshere.com. Either of those websites have it. And it's a free resource, an, an audio file that guides you through all those questions, the questions that I said here, but much more and much deeper if, if anyone wants to get started. And I will also, by end of January, be holding a couple of free masterclasses if anyone wants yeah. to join. So that's an option as well. But if you want to get started now, then um, you can just head over there. It's free and it's uh, it's really powerful one hour session that will really help you uh, get started on your dream life journey. Fantastic. And we'll share all the links on the show notes so you can just easily click on that and get started. So thank you, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. 